Hi, I'm Julian, and this is the WLB Podcast. So, hi everyone, welcome to yet another episode of the WLB Podcast. The guest speaker for today is Jenny Poole. She is the co-founder and director of 8 Billion Ideas. It's one-of-a-kind company. It focuses on education, something that's close to my heart, which is why it caught my eye. And I love the fact that they have partnered with several hundreds of schools already. They have lots of programs that help kids, uh, students build uh, and cultivate a lot of skills that they need for life and to make the change that our world <laughs> uh, requires. So it's very promising, need-of-the-hour, innovative company. And I would love, um, thank you, uh, Jenny, for joining us. No worries. Good morning. Uh, thank you. Perfect. So could you, you begin with a slight introduction to yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so we, I have been a founder and director of the business since its inception. Um, we previously started as 7 billion ideas. Um, the reason behind the name is there are obviously 7 billion people on the planet at the time of us uh, coming up with the idea ourselves. Um, and we just decided everybody was coming up with ideas all the time and just people weren't doing anything with them. Um, what could we do? What could be different? And how could we, um, how could we do something with all of these fantastic ideas that people have all the time all day every day and um, obviously we have been in the unfortunate position as everybody has with covid which has meant that we um needed to shift our working pattern so whereas previously we're actually physically going into schools um, and we were delivering workshops we were delivering activity days etc uh, we were unable to do that because obviously schools were closed um to the majority um, obviously the key worker side of things carried on going in the uk um specifically but it also meant we couldn't travel globally which we were doing so we rebranded um and we are now eight billion ideas um so yeah a fantastic team working with us um really excited to explore and inspire sort of the next generation really and one of our main focuses is on following your passions um what ideas have you got what ideas have you got about your own lives what can you do um how can you get these things done it's not all about focusing on exam results which are obviously important but what else is there it's it's the whole um the whole picture really and i think in the society we're in today um, we're positively trying to um, shape the education sector um, globally um, is what we'd like to do. We're obviously starting in the UK because that is where we are currently based. Um, but it's the I think the good the good side of COVID has meant that we're actually able to um, broadcast and go anywhere in the world. We were able to do that before because obviously we were traveling um we were we were across across the globe um but now i think the fact that actually you can do something like we're doing now is incredible whereas before that could have been a week's trip for me to come and have this conversation with you now it's me logging on to my zoom call and off we go um it's absolutely crazy when you think of it like that and i think it's now so much more widely accepted that this is an appropriate um use of technology and a fantastic use of technology so um Sorry for my incredibly long-winded answer to your question, but yeah, that's a bit of where we're at. So Jenny, tell me this, when did um, 8 Billion Ideas actually start? Uh, so we started the business, the 7 Billion Ideas started in 2012, um, and we have been doing 8 Billion Ideas since 20, 
since 2021 really at uh, the beginning we, we we relaunched in april of this year so um yeah the business is brand new but the relaunch and everything we're trying to do now is uh-huh. so uh, in 2012 i mean uh, what was your first partnership with the school like uh, I, i know things have changed a lot and like i i know kids are finding it really hard right now but i think at that time what was the situation uh, when you uh, i'm just trying to understand what did 7 billion ideas uh, offer to a school that's running uh, perfectly fine on its own with their own curriculums though i hardly disagree mm-hmm. with their curriculums most of the curriculums are quite old mm-hmm. but what did 7 billion's uh, ideas offer to them So what we were coming in and working on with the schools was all around entrepreneurship and enterprise. Um, so it's something that um, most schools don't really start to look at until, especially in the UK, until students are in year 10, um, year 10, year 11, doing their GCSEs. So that's kind of when it starts getting looked at with regards to business studies um, and kind of the general study side of things when they do A-levels over here. And we um, looked at so many different um, factors. I mean, one, I need to get this properly uh, sewn up, the actual the fact that I've got. But there, there is a, a case to say that most seven-year-olds, by the time they are seven, have kind of already decided what they do or don't want to do. So if you think about the fact, um, take yourself back to when you were seven, you kind of probably already realized, you know, I really love English, but I don't like doing maths. And that's probably already, without even you realizing it, you've cut off quite a lot of stuff that maybe if somebody kind of pushed you a bit more into that direction or discussed it a bit more with you or said, you know, I know you might not love maths, but if you want to be a pilot when you're this old, you're going to need to have a look at this. But actually, if you don't look at it at this point, it might mean that you effectively have to either do extra qualifications as you grow um as you grow up but also um if you don't focus on it it might mean it's something that actually is becomes out of your reach so i think it's one of those things that we were quite conscious that um from a careers perspective as well that it's actually talking to the students and understanding what it is that they do enjoy um following their passions when they're at school so we we would go into the schools and we would offer um to start with we were offering assemblies Um, so we were just talking to students about our own experiences, talking about ideas, getting them to come up with ideas themselves, getting them to do presentations. Um, and that, you know, we started going into the lower end of secondary school. So 11 to 11 to 14 year olds kind of age. That's where we started doing assemblies because we wanted to speak to as many students as we could. And then just as we were doing more and more assemblies, teachers, head teachers were seeing us and saying, this sounds fantastic. We really like what you're doing. We'd love to speak to the entire school. We'd love you to talk to our sixth form. We'd love you to talk to our prep schools. And then it kind of grew from there because it's just something that I think people just see the value in actually sitting down and having that conversation. Now, I know for a fact when I was at school, my careers discussion, for example, was with the librarian. Um, she was a lovely lady, but she had no she had no clue about me and um, ironically suggested that I should be a librarian now you probably already realized from our short conversation so far I don't think I'd be a very good librarian because I'm not very good at keeping quiet um so yeah that's it's it's just one of those things we just want to you know our whole ethos is um about giving students the belief that they have can have the skills to change the world why not why can't that be everybody's thoughts yeah absolutely That's amazing to think that you started that early. So I have interviewed a, another podcast guest uh, was somebody who had a similar thing, but uh, they had it for only people who were in college. 
and in okay. india it's that is a time where people actually think about okay what do i want to do with my life because till then it's like okay let's just get over with school and let's get over with all of the exams but you guys have started right from age 6 and 7 that is amazing mm. we do, we just think it's really important because you know i myself um i have a 4 year old he's in reception the reception year he's young in his year group um in school over here he you know he already knows he loves doing this he doesn't like that as much he's all and he's four um you know and i can say to him what do you want to be when you grow up and um you know yesterday it was a policeman day before it was a builder it changes right and that doesn't matter but what i said to him and um and me and my husband say to him is is you can do whatever you want as long as it makes you happy um i mean there's a statistic um for the uk that 85% of people in their jobs aren't actually happy with what they do um as a stagger as a staggering statistic to think that you know there's people waking up every morning going to work and doing a job that they don't really like that much they're not that passionate about um and if that's something we can influence that means that people are happier in their working life you spend so much of your working life at work i mean i know it's different now with people working from home but you're still physically working um and we just think it's really important to try and do something that you enjoy follow your passions it you know there's jobs that don't even exist yet that probably my son's age group will be doing in 20 years time and the jobs don't even exist you know was podcasting even anything that happened 20 years ago no now look at the people doing podcasts right it's it's incredible when you think about it like that i think it's just lack of awareness uh, to a, to a lot of extent like uh, people just don't know about the variety of careers that are there so once a kid actually uh, has an idea uh and and maybe wants to have one on one session or or you know dig deeper into what are the things that i need to do do you uh, uh curate programs for that person specifically yeah so on our on our website 8 billion ideas um we have um we have a section on our website which is all about exactly that so um we have mentors they can talk to if they've got something fantastic that they want to share with people we can give them some direction think about where they can take their ideas have they thought about this have they thought about that what's their target audience but also on the site we've got um we've got programs that are about absolutely everything from um presenting to CVs to literally everything that effectively isn't focused on in schools and this isn't to bash schools in any way shape or form they've got so much stuff that they have to get through that's on the regular curriculum that just has to be completed um that that is what it is and that's what they're doing and what we want to do is supplement that um we think it's really important that you know students aren't actually at school um for that much of their waking time it sounds like a long time to be you know but in the UK they're there for sort of 6 hours a day you know the, the day is 24 hours long and they don't sleep for the rest of that so what's going on either side of the school day and that kind of thing and what we want to do is be effectively that second school to them that second place they can go and learn more um so we're always open to people if they want to get in touch and share ideas with us and ask for advice we're more than happy to do that we like like i said we have on the 8 billion ideas site we have our mentor function to discuss that um but yeah we have so much stuff that we are working on promoting trying to do for the older age group we've got um an accelerator course which is all about 
um, effectively accelerating them and looking at what can they do, what what are their passions, what are they focusing on, what what do they want to do, um, how's their CV looking, and then at the end of the course that they would do with us, they come out with um, one of the things that you tend to find when you're looking for jobs is you know what experience do you have, um, and I think it's really important to help people with that experience because if you've only ever been in school and you might have done a paper round or worked in the local shop or potentially done a bit of waitressing because that's kind of the only stuff you can do up to a certain age um then what experience do you have you don't really get a chance to have it so we want to give students some experience and then they can share um we like to give them a kind of reference almost that they can share on their um, college applications university applications job applications apprenticeships because it's not all about now kind of you go to school, you go to sixth form college, you go to university. That's not kind of the, the that's the traditional pattern. And that seems to not be the same way, especially since COVID, um, because as everybody's found, so much stuff can be done in a different way now. Um, so it's kind of, it's positive. It's positive and negative, obviously. There's been lots of negatives. We know that. But I think it's it's important to focus on what actually has been positive from from this experience and like I said you know not not needing to do the travel that people were previously doing if you don't need to do it is important and um I'm kind of answering your question and answering about five others at the same time so sorry if I'm going slightly off track with my responses yeah so uh, I think the when you when you mentioned like how uh, your son has different ideas of whom he wants to be I think it's not just kids, uh, even people uh, like I, I have just like four years of experience, but I still want to change something like there are these uh, articles that come up on LinkedIn that says, isn't everybody ready for a midlife career switch? And uh, <laughs> like somebody who was uh, a lawyer wants to become a doctor yeah. and then they go and study for five years. So like, have you met any kind of a person who took up your uh, accelerator program or any one of your programs? There are, there are so many on your website, mm-hmm. like who had a mid-career life switch? Uh, so many people. And interestingly, whenever we talk to, um, if we go and do an assembly or an open day at schools, you tend to find the parents going, is this for my age group as well? I'd love to do this. I'd, I think this is fantastic. This would be really interesting, which is, and, and that's kind of one of the reasons we've pushed on and decided to go actually for the adult age group as well. So obviously our focus is education and education people think is just schools and students. But, you know, like I said, our strapline, giving students the um, belief to change the world. It's not students is anybody that wants to learn. That's not just, um, you know, kids of school age. It's it's anybody It's anybody that wants to learn. So, yeah, we have, I mean, we've come across so many different people that have decided, you know, I can't even, I'm trying to think of an example because you throw me slightly. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, but, you know, there's, you know, I know people that have gone, you know, they've worked in project management for 30 years and then gone, do you know what? My passion is actually to be a piano teacher. and then and then and then they decided to do that and then off they've gone and you know there's various reasons why people do different things right sometimes people need to to do that particular job because they need the funds to be able to fund their passion and that makes complete sense but um I think uh, there's there's a quote I've heard that if you enjoy your job you'll never work a day in your life which sounds fantastic right that's that's obviously the dream for everybody and there's always elements to everybody's jobs that you don't like doing and I I'm the first to put my hand up and say you know I am not an admin person and I would happily not do that if I couldn't 
but sometimes those things have to get done. Um, but, you know, I'm really passionate, David, the CEO of 8 Billion Ideas, we're really passionate about getting the focus on children, understanding, especially children from an early age, what is it that you are passionate about? What makes you happy? What is it that you, and by the way, it's okay if that changes in a year's time because you're only six or seven. That's okay if that changes in 10 years time, as long as you're just thinking about it and you're aware of it. Um, you know, you, you think about, I'm not sure what it's like where you are, but you think about in the UK, we make the decisions at 14 about what subjects you're going to to do so you already start funneling students down at 14 that seems so early to me and then you do find that people later in life go I did that when I was that but actually now I've had to do a foundation course in this or I've had to go and do a law conversion course or I've had to go and do an arts foundation thing over here because I didn't do the correct subjects then so I'm now having to do it now and that's not a bad thing that just shows that, that but they've thought about it later on and then, and then exactly, which again, like I said, it's not a bad thing, but you might have adults exactly like you said in that position where they have changed their role or changed their job um, just later on where they were doing, you know, doing a sales job for 20 years and then just, I just, I've had enough, I want to be an artist. Go for it. Right? If that's your passion, that's what you want to do, then, and it's something that you can still kind of support yourself and your family as you need to, then that, that's, it's really important. And I think it's, um, it's globally something that's important and there's so many jobs that need to be done but that there are people that want to do those jobs um and and they will be their passion then in ways more than one ways to actually live your life and it's mm. okay to like I, I know personally people who have who were uh, air hostesses first and then they became lawyers because one career seems to be not enough anymore in a, in a lifetime and it shouldn't yeah. be yeah it's 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 going to be like the, the the generation that we're in now. You know, people used to have a job for life. Um, I previously worked at IBM, and I remember when I joined, I worked with people that had already been there for thirty years, and that was that was the only job they'd ever done, right? And and again, that's fine if they if you're happy with that and you're enjoying it and it's what you want to do, then that's not a bad thing. But it's completely and utterly now that is not the commonplace the the common thing to do is do a job for a couple of years switch companies um switch what switch careers switch way and that's not again as you know don't kind of do it every five minutes because you do look like a bit of jack of all trains master of none but um it, it isn't a job for life kind of mm -hmm. culture anymore i think it's not i don't think it's uncommon that you would would change so how do you find mentors for all of these variety of, you know, of weed carriers and like, how do you, do you reach out to them or, the, or do people reach out to you for being a mentor in your platform? No, so we've got people that, the people that work for us um, are the mentors. They're people that we have trained. Um, we've gone through mental health first aid. They've gone through safeguarding. They're all DBS checked, which is a UK requirement um, over here. And they they're all just fantastic people that we have found that have the skills that they have the ability to talk to people um in a really good way they have the ability to listen which is probably more important than being able to talk um especially depending on who you're talking to um and we have found that it tends to be so a lot of our facilitators the people that actually um deliver the courses that we have uh, we use them as mentors as well because they understand the content they understand what they've been talking about and um, they're all incredibly skilled professionals and uh, we do have people that approach us and say i'd love to be a mentor and that's something that we um 
you know, we're more than open to and happy to have conversations with people. If someone says, I'd love to come on and be a mentor on your, on your, um, on your program, then it's, it's, um, yeah, something we're very open to, but yeah, nine times out of 10, we found them ourselves because, um, they're just fantastic, talented people that are really good at what they do and they have the ability to listen and the ability to talk and communicate well. So knowing that you have you're training them so how big is your team uh to just to get an idea uh, at the moment we've got about 25 people um but then we also further across the field have contractors etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah 25 people um and then a wider team that we can call on if if needs be but yeah it's mm -hmm. um been pretty busy nice so uh like i, I would just like to just uh understand how do you uh train them as in do do these 25 people train them uh train the mentors or do you uh, enroll them into other courses so so that we do a lot of our, our training um training in-house we have a fantastic hr director she's involved in all of the training and like i said we've, we've recently done um some mental health first aid which is really important especially with everything going on um generally in the world at the moment and yeah all of our safeguarding all has to be done and then it's it's just continual on it's continual training um it's something that we one of one of our values is to be habitually learning so it, it's constant it's it's always always learning always experiencing and um yeah always improving and we're you know we're not afraid to get feedback from people if we think there's a better way of doing something then please share it with us we always request feedback whenever we're doing any of our courses um because unless you ask people was there anything we could have done better you're never going to know you think it's fine we all we're always going back around the houses and looking at everything to see if there's a, a way that things can be improved um made better we'd speak physically to the people that are taking part as well to say what is it that you didn't did enjoy didn't enjoy is there something that you think we could have done better um yeah so uh, like uh, i was just uh, trying to understand you do did you we did mention that you supplement the school's curriculum but uh, has there been a case where uh, what was in the curriculum itself uh, you helped form a better foundation for the kids like for example if uh, when people, when kids come to sixth grade and they realize uh, teachers have an assumption that the, they have been studying from one to one first grade to the fifth grade, they know their maths fundamentals. Uh, but maybe there are some, like, not every child has the same uh, rate at which he understands or the pace, every child's pace is different. So do your programs help teachers identify those gaps and, and you know, maybe brush up on their fundamentals better through your programs? Yeah, I think it's it's surprising, and especially when we used to physically go into the classroom. Um, you can so quickly, based on our experience now, but you can so quickly look at a room of students and you can completely and utterly work out who's who and who's what and who's where within a very short space of time. It's really fascinating. Um, it's a bit harder online because you're obviously not physically with them, but I still think you can you can understand that and one of the things that we really like about what we do is the um you the the teachers you know they've got a lot of students in front of them um most of the time and they will have a fantastic idea about each individual student but we because because the students are taking part in our courses they start to trust us and start to understand us and they actually will um confide in us ask us questions ask different um you know i i like doing this i like doing that and then start sharing more so you actually can get out quite a lot from them um through especially through the mental scheme and 
it, it's just really interesting and we share that information with the teachers um it's important to do that but yeah i think one of the things that we do do is that you can quite quickly identify especially if someone's got a real talent for something or something they really enjoy and we do share that um where we can and especially because we have the opportunity to have teacher um and parents from our platform so it's not just always through school it's through parents as well and the parents have the ability to see what the student has been doing so um we have a dashboard between the parents um and us that so that they can see what the child has been doing which we think is really important because then it, it can open up a conversation like we had um we had uh a course that we ran um when was it about two months ago and it was all about following your passions and then post post the course that evening we had a tweet from one of the parents to say i never realized and i won't use the right the names because i can't remember properly but we'll call him john so i never realized john was really interested in rugby and wanted to travel to new zealand this has opened up an entirely new conversation around our dinner table and that's exactly what we wanted it to do um you know he sat down and had sort of that the the talk with us and the gone through the program with us it's made him think and then he sat down and had that conversation with his parents that's so important um and you can't take for granted that that just happens because it doesn't everywhere that's just how that's just how things are um so i'm, I'm sorry i'm not using the best examples i'm trying to, <laughs> trying to think on my feet but um that to us was perfect an exact example of what we're trying to achieve it, it's getting those conversations around the dinner table around um around the coffee machine for those not in school it, it's all those kind of what what is it what is it that you want to do what are your passions what is it that you like talking about what is it that you want to um focus on what makes you happy so I was just going through your website and um, I came across this, um, an entrepreneur, uh, like, could you please explain what that is? Do they like start companies within their companies? Helpful. So the whole point, um, an entrepreneur is somebody that works inside a business and doesn't necessarily want to go and start their own business, but has lots of ideas and has lots of ways that they want to um, improve the current business. So it's somebody that um, yeah, isn't about to go and steal all the IP from the business and head off. It's it's somebody that wants to improve their, their current working environment. They enjoy working there. They like doing what they're doing, but they want to... Um, be sharing their ideas and promoting the business from within basically so it, it's it's that kind of yeah the term entrepreneur is is somebody internal but that isn't trying to uh isn't trying to leave, leave or uh, take all the uh, information so after every course the, does a participant get a certificate from eight billion ideas and can they put it in their resume it depends what they're doing. Some of ours, um, some of them, they get a reference, some they get a certificate, some that is, um, it's ongoing. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of everything. So Jenny, you mentioned that you were working with IBM and um, I can see like there are so many corporate companies listed on your website. What is the process? Uh, like what does, what do you offer to these companies and how do they get on board to be a partner with your company? Um, so we do a training program called Creating Ripples, um, which is obviously all about the fact that if you were to drop, for example, a pebble into a pond, the ripples it creates, it's all about your impact on those around you. 
um, which we feel um, obviously follows on incredibly well from what we do. Um, so what are you doing to improve the world? What are you doing to improve your immediate environment? For example, as a, as a business, we met up for the first time outside since all of the pandemic started on Friday. And we actually, local to where we work, we went and did, um, we had about 15 of us were able to, to make it on Friday. And we picked up in less than an hour, 30 bags of rubbish. We did, we, did, we did some community litter picking and we were like, let's practice what we preach. Let's get out there. You know, how can we create ripples ourselves? How can we impact our local environment? What can we do? Um, and like I said, it's exactly, you know, that's what we talk about doing. What What is it that you're doing on a daily basis that affects other people? Because sometimes you don't even realize the positive and or negative impact you can be having on somebody. Um, and if you can be obviously more positive than negative, then hopefully um you know that's that helps the world go around in a much nicer way so that's kind of our um that was what we were that was what we were doing there but yeah the uh our creating ripples program is one of the things that we've been doing as a, a training program online into various different companies so we've um just been doing it with dell and it's it's been fantastic it's just a really good way of getting people like you said so moving on from students it's moving up further up to say you know what it what is it that you're um what are you doing on a daily basis to improve and your own environment others environments how are you impacting other people how are you creating your ripples basically so when you i know that eight billion ideas is global um so when you were working with all of these different schools in different countries um were there any uh you know major differences in the way these schools operate and did you have to offer different things for different schools uh, in those countries versus the schools in UK? So I know there's a great difference between the schools in India and UK, but what were your experiences like um, dealing with all of these different countries? But to be honest, it's all about the relationships with the person at the school. If you have somebody at the school who's really bought into what it is that we do, it makes life so much easier. And it's such a nice way to work because they are really keen to get us in and get us involved. Um, we obviously want to go there and speak to their students. We do we do our due diligence. You know, you have to look at the cultural things. If we're When we were going physically to the schools, if we were sending facilitators out there, we were very conscious of we were working at a lot of schools in Dubai we were very conscious that's a completely different culture to here so what is it that you need to make sure you're not doing or not saying or not wearing that kind of thing that's the kind of obvious stuff that we would have done we would have gone and looked at the kind of cultural side of things but actually everybody's just human and um it's it's just looking at people to say what is it that you want listening to their requirements and taking taking on board what they've asked us to do because we're obviously able to provide these fantastic programs is it exactly what you want it to do is there a particular theme you want us to follow um are there a particular group of students that need more help than others you know all of that and we speak to the schools beforehand and and find that out is it that you might have a group of students that are kind of on their top talent scheme and therefore they've been chosen as it's kind of a reward or is it because there's some students that need to be brought up to the rest of the, the year group? It, it really doesn't matter. We work across um, all education sectors, all everything. Um, we've even worked in the Young Offenders Institutes in the education side of things because, you know, that's just as important um, in our in our opinion. So, yeah, it's 
um it, it of course we do the generic due diligence on the cultural differences and making sure we're not being offensive and that kind of thing but it's um yeah it's it, it's just having the conversation with people and having the relationship and, and listening again it comes back down to the communication side of things so jenny uh, with this podcast i actually hope to also find out what was it to start this journey uh, of starting a business all by yourself um you know being a woman because i want to encourage more women to start their own businesses so how was it for you did your family um not agree with you in the beginning or were they fully supportive what was it like yeah couldn't couldn't have been more support i mean um when i think about my wider family i i remember saying to my mum and dad i'm i'm going to leave my going to leave my job um in IBM and start a new business. I loved my job in IBM. It was fantastic, but I'd kind of got to that point where I was like what else is there? What more can I do? What what do I want to do myself? I want to go out and do something different. Um what other things are out there? And you know, if I'm I'm thinking now if my son came to me at the similar age and said, "All right, I'm going to go off and go and just start this thing." Would I be probably as open as my parents were? I'd like to think I will be. Um but my mum and dad like go for it. If it's going to make you happy and it's what you want to do, go for it. Um which is fantastic. So I got the immediate support of my parents and then obviously as I've now grown up and got my own family, um the children are heavily involved in the business. They know everyone that works for us. They're always coming into the office well they were when they could. Um they're usually featuring on the Zoom calls to just say hello to people which is always quite fun. Um my husband is incredibly supportive. He um he also happens to be the CEO. So we started the business together. Um but he is more than supportive in terms of making sure that I'm involved in as much as I can be. We obviously have our childcare between the two of us. Um but it's um yeah couldn't couldn't be more supportive to be honest so that obviously helps and makes things easier and means that we can work in the way that we do now let's talk about competition um but in a case like yours a company that is trying to bridge uh, and supplement the current curriculum i think it's always best to have as many such companies as possible in on that can reach all people in different countries in different parts of the country so uh, i think it'll be, it'll be always a healthy competition and uh, but still is i would like to know if you have found a certain company that does exactly what you do not in the same way um i don't i wouldn't say got like a less, uh, a particular exact competitor there's nobody doing exactly what we're doing because we're doing so many different things um in different ways so i wouldn't say that we have an exact competitor wow so Jenny uh, uh could you tell me what would be your top 3 challenges this is one of my favorite questions to ask all my guests in the hope of you know sharing lessons that you have learned on the way over the course of almost like 7 to 8 years now i think there would be a treasure of all of your lessons learned but if you could just share you know your top 3 challenges there's lots of challenges i mean i think one of the biggest challenges is having cash flow in order to function and continue um and obviously covid put paid to that um early door well you know at the begin at the beginning of the pandemic that made things really difficult so we had to move everything that we were doing physically to online um and that was really tough that was a really difficult challenge i think it's always trying trying to find talent is a challenge mm-hmm. um 
which is we have some amazing people but it's taken a long time to get them the people that we now have are fantastic but trying to get those people and trying to get somebody that fits um in with the business because i think something to remember and it's it's an interesting one that we do talk to the students about is that you may think you want a job in that company doing that role but actually if you go to that interview and you don't particularly fit that company it's not because it's you it's just that you don't fit in that company it's not you know it's the kind of um round peg in a square hole scenario that's it's not gonna you know that's and i think it's something that people go oh, i've been to 20 job interviews and i didn't get any of them and actually this is one of the reasons we like to sit down and kind of go through that because it's you know did did you need to go to 20 job interviews well it might have been good experience some of it but actually if you think about um were you suited to all of those companies were those companies suited to you because it does work both ways it's somewhere you might want to work you know everyone go, oh i want to work at apple i want to work at amazon i want to work at google you might go to the interview and actually you're just you're just not within the mold of what they're looking for or that job just isn't going to work and i think i think that's something important to think about um when you're talking about the challenges of trying to find people because it might be that someone goes oh my god your company sounds amazing i'd love to work there but then they come along and it's like this just isn't gonna you know and that, and that's by the by so that challenge is definitely talent acquisition i would say is a big one um yeah and it's it's just trying to get our name out there and trying to share share the message with people as best we can um is always going to be a challenge and is something we want to um, well, let as many people as possible know about us so that they can they can work through our programs, work on what we're doing. Saying that you might not actually fit the company and the company might not fit your needs, that's something that uh, a lot of us don't really think about. No. But thanks for sharing that. Okay. So um, when, uh, you were, when you started this company, uh, uh, did you have anybody else uh, in, within your family that has had a business before and guided you through the entire process? Uh, we, uh, we actually had um, a coach and mentor that we met at an event um, who introduced themselves to us and they were really pivotal in helping us just having a sounding board um, somebody to talk through what we were hoping to do and what we were thinking about um, that was that was incredibly useful um, and we I've got some incredible friends that have started businesses and we're always learning from each other um, about different bits and pieces. I've got a friend that started well, two different tea businesses, uh, two different friends, two different tea businesses, uh, a dog walking business. Um, I try to think off the top of my head, uh, a clothes business, all sorts of stuff. I've got so many friends that have started it and it's just really interesting to have conversations with people and understand you know what 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 challenges have you faced what things you know it's it's very simple little things like someone might go oh have you ever used i mean we use um you know what what communication tools do you use and it's 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 just things like that and you think you know it's not it's not something i would have thought about you what hr systems do you use well when you're very small you don't even think that you need an hr system because there's two of you but actually you know you need to start how do you open a bank account and all of this stuff is things that we talk about in all of our courses you know how do you start a business what do you do so we've got we've got a particular um course on that for that very reason because it's not something you are taught um it's it's very much finding your way you know in the uk you have to register on company's house okay how do you do that where do you start what what do you have to do for hmrc when you start a business so um i mean they're probably challenges they're probably better answers to the question before but it's it's um it's 
yeah it's really useful having friends that have started businesses for sure because you can ask the the obvious questions that well they don't seem obvious until you start asking them and then you realize that everybody have the same problems when they were trying to work out do you have business insurance what do you need business insurance for you know that side of stuff so can anybody else sign up like uh do, do we have to be a parent or a student in a no, anybody, anybody anybody sign up on this and uh, from any country this it need not be a person in uk right mm -hmm. it's all in english everything we do is in english but um yes you can you can sign up from anywhere so there are these range wide variety of um courses that people can take on your website but i would like to know uh, how do you measure the success of any of your courses like for example if a person took a course on say writing then uh, does do you go go back and check whether the person became an author or maybe a stand-up comedian i don't know there are just so many courses out there but so how do you do you have different scales for measuring the success of each each course yeah, I mean, we'd love to. We one actually something that's in my in my to do list is kind of almost creating an alumni of people that have have gone through our courses to then see where they end up. It's um, something that you know we'd we'd love to we'd love to see. So, do you have courses on artificial intelligence, or you know, does your team make use of AI or data science in any way? to find out what is the next course that they should be making, you know, collecting feedback uh, or analyzing from what the market needs right now. Um, could you tell me a little bit about how that goes? Um, it's something we want to look at doing because it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting for students. But I mean, we're writing our courses and content all the time and we're always open to suggestions if people go, oh, I think it'd be really good if you looked at this. So, um, yeah, a little bit like the feedback. You asked me about the feedback. We get the feedback from the students following the courses. Um, like I said earlier on, we actually say to them, you know, what is there anything we could have improved on? What did you enjoy? Um, and then we take a success score from that. Um, so that's what that's kind of how we measure it. But like I said, we also have the potential to get um to, to get the alumni. But the AI side of things, um, it's something that yeah, why you know why wouldn't we want to work on that? It's incredibly, it's it's obviously up and coming, and it's something it's something to do. But I mean, anything is possible. That's why we like doing what we're able to do and and trying to create the content that we can create um as as and when it's required. If we if we if we think that it's something that students want to know about, then we're more than happy to go off do our own research and create content to make sure that we're um, fulfilling that gap. So I should not be um, asking you this, but uh, I can understand how difficult it might be because you've been mentioning about all of the things you've been doing. It's very versatile. But does it ever get so hectic uh, that you want to quit? So, you know we're doing stuff but we're hoping to inspire people I wouldn't I wouldn't want to um you know it's it's not easy juggling childcare and trying to work at the same time um but I also am in a fortunate position that I can kind of manage my own calendar right which a lot of people aren't in 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 that position in the same way so um I feel completely privileged I'm able to do that no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to quit I really enjoy really enjoy doing what we're doing now Jenny, uh, to, as we are coming to an end to the, of the podcast, what would be your you know, piece of advice, uh, most important piece of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, women who want to start their own companies, you know, 
I think, like you mentioned, everybody has ideas. And I'm sure several of our women listeners are juggling some or the other idea in their head right now. What would be your two cents to them? So just some advice if anybody was thinking about doing it. Do it. Why not? Absolutely do it. If it's something you're passionate about, don't do it if you don't enjoy it. If it's something you're passionate about, something you um, like talking about, because you will be talking about it a lot. Um, you know, people will say, what do you do? You don't want to get into that stage. You're like, oh, I don't want to explain to people what I do. You want to, you've got to be passionate. You know, every single person you talk to could be a potential customer in the future. Now you don't know. Um, and it's, I would say, if you're even slightly thinking about doing it, do it. And if it doesn't work out, do the next thing. It doesn't matter. Give it give it a shot. Um, in the end, you only regret the, sh- the chances you didn't take. You, if you don't do it, you're going to sit there regretting it. If you do do it and it messes up, then you go, well, I tried and I'll try something else. So, yeah. My, my, my advice is if you're thinking about doing it, do it and you'll never regret doing the chances that you didn't take. It, thank you for sharing that, sir. Uh, Jenny, I, I really think this must have struck a chord with with most of us. And yes, we should definitely give a shot uh, so that we don't regret not taking those chances. Thank you so much for being with me all throughout this time and for sharing all of your experiences. It was a wonderful conversation. Uh, I'm sure our listeners enjoyed this. Wishing you and your entire team a great year ahead all the success and hope you go to every single country out there go more globally (laughs) so wishing you all the best and thank you once again for being with us today thank you Bye. bye that's it for today hope you liked it if you enjoyed this episode do share it with your friends and don't forget to hit follow on Spotify and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Stay tuned for more episodes and stay safe.